Humans, welcome to The Frontline, a leadership and business podcast brought to you by Peregrine Corporate Services, an Alabama-based fiduciary provider. My name is Martin Hall, and thanks for listening. In this podcast, we chat to an array of business leaders from different sectors to learn more about them, their market, skill sets, and knowledge. We hope you enjoy. Thanks for joining me today, Damien. I appreciate your time. No problem, Martin, and thanks a million for the opportunity to come on with you. No, no worries. So a little bit of background, obviously with the accent, where, where, did, where did you grow up, your early education yeah. and, and the like? Sure, so it, it wouldn't be considered certainly a Dublin accent in Ireland, um, Martin. So I'm from County Wicklow, which, which, which neighbours um, Dublin, and I was born and reared in a, in, in a town in West Wicklow called Baltinglass. And so I, I lived there all my life up until... Um, up until around this time last year, and I actually moved up the road then to Blessington, which is it, it's just 15 minutes away from um, from uh, our office or our, our headquarters in Rackcool. So um, I suppose it was a combination of things that um, I never thought I'd move out of Boston last, but just uh, life circumstances and other opportunity presented itself, and and that was it. So I went mm-hmm. to school and was educated and all that in Bolton Glass and my family and, and all that are, they're, they're still there, but it's only 25 minutes away. So I haven't, haven't moved too far. And yeah. The career you're in now, is that, is that something your family did or were your family in, not in financial services? Nothing at all. Um, no, my, my, my father um, was a prison officer uh, and my mother, she, if I, I suppose if I do have a entrepreneurial uh, Jean in me, it probably comes from her. She did have her own business and um, she had a catering business for years and all of that. But um, no, my parents wouldn't have been degree educated types or academic types or anything like that. Um, but um, they looked after me great and put me through college and all of that. And that's, I suppose, um, how we stumbled in is probably the best way to put it into the accountancy profession. <laughs> so so the, uh, the, the college area, the, going to college, again, did you have in mind, obviously, you have in mind what you want to do there, but was that this is a career path I want to take now? Was Not that really. Um, I, 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 I certainly wouldn't consider myself, and uh, I'm, I'm sure a lot of my former classmates wouldn't consider me much of an academic either. Um, we I, I did what we call our leave insert in Ireland, and after that you go on to, to, to college if you want to do third-level studies, and we got into business studies, and we sort of branched into accountancy from there. And I think it was much... Um, I think it was more of a case of which do I hate the least between accountancy, HR, marketing, and something else. And that was the choice I had. And it just so happened to be accountancy. And so we got our degree and all that anyway. And really then when we started, it it was really when we started working, when I started working like in practice. And that's really when I suppose I started to um, I started to take take to it and um, I suppose progress reasonably quickly and like dealing with clients and that sort of thing and right. like the work and um, we went on and did our ACCAs and those were the days where you, you did quite a long struggle where you could be working from half eight to half five and you have to get a bus in to go to lectures in the evening, three evenings a week and at the weekends and come home. So we did that for three years and we got our ACCAs and then we went on to do the, the in, in Ireland we have a tax institute as well. So we have a professional tax qualification too. So went on and did that for another two years and same story, slogging away in the, in the office during the day and um, racing around Dublin city centre in the evening to get into, into lectures and not getting home till 
half 11 at night sort of thing. Um, but yeah, we did it at the time and we never, we, 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 I wouldn't like to be doing it all over again, but that was, um, that was the, the educational part anyway for me. And, and those, those early years and those, those first jobs, I guess that was just about learning, learning the trade really. Learning the trade. I suppose <clears throat> I was very lucky with, um, very lucky with the job that I, that, that, that I got into. Um, I'm still, um, very uh, very friendly with my former employer we get on very well and we still refer work to uh, to, to one another and um, just by chance and um, falling in with them was definitely a you know definitely something that what that i was very lucky to um to, to come across at the point in time that i did we, we work really well together i got great training um, across all disciplines got great exposure they would have had um, a fairly significant international client base there so i got exposed to all of that at a very early stage and i suppose dealing with um, the issues and considerations and opportunities of course as well you know for you know working with international businesses and international investors looking to set up and do business in ireland yeah. so i only ever worked with one practice i was with them from was it i'm trying to think it was about 11 years anyway so it would have been 2003 to 2014 um, so I only ever work with one practice. I don't have any experience of, uh, you know, of, of, of multiple or, you know, differing ways and different approaches to it all anyway. So, um, and when you look back, one of the conversations we have with, with a number of people is around looking back, certainly on careers, not that you're particularly old either, but mentors in those early years and that how grateful you know, perhaps you don't realize at the time, but the importance of yeah, touched on. I realize it now. Yeah, yeah. I had two great mentors all the way along. Uh, one on certainly on the sales and and business management and business development side, um, and all that. And that would have been the the, the managing partner of that practice. And um, probably wasn't the greatest accountant or auditor. Um, but but certainly from a business perspective, I learned so much from them and was very you know lucky, as I say, to to, to meet them at the at the point in time when I did. And um, there would have been another partner there as well, um, who I would have learned an awful lot of from the you know from a from a technical perspective and all of that. And you're one for just absorbing information. I assume all the time you're just about. Absolutely. Well, I am big, when, when when it's of interest to me, and and I suppose business. Um, somewhere along the way, I suppose I always was interested in um, in business, and I always liked conversing with business people from a young age. I suppose I would have known all the local um, businessmen in the town, like where and uh, where I grew up, and all that. And I would have always watched and listened to them, and I suppose you know, seeing what they were seeing what they were doing, and sort of observing, as you say, and taking it all in. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so so. Um, we'd be very much sort of concentrated on that. And I suppose as, um, as the, the cards have fallen for us, like I suppose all that has stood to me too, like um, both in terms of the accountancy practice and I suppose my, the wider business interest that we have now as well. Right. So, so yeah, your own accountancy practice there, where, where did that sort of idea come from? And the, the... Uh, It was more by, um, I suppose necessity than anything else and I, I, I suppose the the heart always wanted to stay i could have stayed with the practice i trained with and all that but i suppose the head said otherwise and obviously when the when the crash hit in 2007 and 2008 we had just moved 
and um, we had moved offices at the time and it was the right thing to do and within six months of it the, the whole thing went wallop and um, I suppose we would have lost quite a you know quite a significant portion of the client base and you know we're caught funding this you know the, the the move which was a big move for the practice at the time so obviously there was pay cuts and all that imposed so i just decided that um you know that i get my own certificates and license and all of that and sort of away we go and just started off very slowly because i was so busy with uh, i suppose doing my job at the time in the office i didn't have much time for anything else but just when I got my uh, certificates and practice and certain all that we just very gradually built it up and I suppose started the old-fashioned way uh, knocking on doors to try and see could I do people's tax returns and that sort of thing and that was how we got the that was how I got the business and and um, did that for maybe I'd say six years and then fully sort of took the plunge and um, parted ways and, and set up Malone and Co at that point. And th- did, did the employer back then supportive in that? Yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. They were brilliant. Yeah, ver- very supportive. And as I say, he was only um, they were only with me here last week, and um, where I, I, I was able to return the favour this time by giving them um, some work that we had that we couldn't and um, that, that 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 we weren't able to deliver on. Um, so we, I, I, and I, I suppose one of my. One of my big things is I don't, we don't fall out with people. We try to do everything that we do is done with integrity and honor and all of that. And I think that's a, a great example. You normally hear of, you know, when there's a parting of ways in, in, in you know, in, in, in professional service firms and that like that uh, there's uh, war, war breaks out more often than not. So we didn't have anything never a crossword. And I told them I was very upfront with them and all that about it. And they understood and, um, and, and at one point in time, I actually think I had a little office um, underneath their office where I used to meet my own clients um, as well. So it, it actually worked very well and they're doing very well now as well. So just one of these things that worked out. And I suppose it always, um, what, what has always sort of stood, you know, stood to me is, you know, when you're honest and upfront about things in business and in life, it tends to be, you, you can't really go too far wrong because you're, um, Absolutely. you know, that's it. So, so those early days when when you set on Malone, did again looking back, would you sit there before that and write, look at business strategy, write a business plan? Was that, or it was more? I'm not. The, I, I, I'm not a business plan. Right. No, I wouldn't be a business plan man, um, Martin. I suppose my thinking with it was, I, I, I back in those days, I definitely wouldn't be as entrepreneurial as I am now, but I suppose back in those days, my margin for error was, would be a lot different than what my margin for error is now. And because um, I would have bought my own house in, I think it was December, 2017. And at one point in time, if it was worth half what I, what, what was outstanding on my mortgage, I would have been doing very well. So I didn't have much margin for error. So before I took the plunge, I, I need to be sure that I had enough to survive and pay bills. I suppose in hindsight, I probably should have done it two or three years earlier. But I suppose, as I say, I, I, I definitely wouldn't consider myself a natural, a natural entrepreneur. And it's more something that I've sort of worked on and has, and has come into me over time. Um, so we had enough we, we had enough to survive and pay the bills and no sooner did we branch out and get our own um, set up here where, where our headquarters is now is, is, is in a, in a, in a um, suburb of Dublin called Ratcool, which is a great area and has been very good to me and we set up by just taking a little office um, 
in, in, in the middle of the village here and um, it very quickly just took off from there on me like when, we, you know, when, when I was able to devote my, I suppose, my time and energy to it full time. Yeah. Um, so that's how it sort of took off. And if you got that uh, continued, I know we touched on just before we came on air, that, that, that desire to grow, because again, some people might go, oh, I've got three or four staff, that's all I want. I'm quite happy you're, you're interested in continuing to develop that. Well, and again, that, that's, not by, that's not by design either. I suppose if you'd have told me when I set up at that time that in 10 years I'd have four or five staff and was comfortable and all that, I would have taken that. The work just came and um, I suppose we're, we're reasonably good at what we do. And, um, you know, we, 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 we've been um, lucky and I suppose what we, you know, what we have done well is we've recruited well and um, the, the people that we have on board here would be extremely strong across all disciplines. And like, like that's what's really um, critical, I suppose, like for any professional service business, you're only as strong as your people. Um, so we, we um, the, the way the cards have fallen for us, we, we, we find ourselves where we are. And of course, I suppose now when we're, that, that we're better positioned, we, you know, we, you know, we work with our own sort of mentors and external consultants and all that. And we see massive opportunity um, like to continue. So while we're fit and willing and able and the energy and enthusiasm is there and it's great to see, um, I suppose, some of our other staff like, you know, have, are, are, you know, participating, I suppose, the, the business development side of it and are hungry and eager to take on new clients and to take on new work. And um, it's not only me that sort of drives it on. So that's, you know, very good to see too. And that sort of gives us all a, gives us all a, you know, a lift. Um, and in, in, so do you have, is the, are the partners in the business? Uh, well, I, I, I'm the, the, the sole shareholder, if you want to call it that. I have a senior management team. I, I suppose there'd be five of a senior management team. And then we have a couple of other um, senior accountants as well, um, supported then by some part qualified accountants. We have two tax advisors. And then we have a, our separately branded um, corporate service and company formation business. Okay, that's the team. So I think we've, I think there's 18 of them here as right. of now. It's quite interesting just listening to your language because it's very team focused. It's very, we were lucky, and I don't mean pop, but the language is very, uh, you know, I suppose team focused. And you talk about the recruitment and the importance of that, but not probably overriding all of that is obviously you sat at the top. And, and achieving all that yourself and but seemingly sharing that uh, that uh, well it's not me anymore that, that that exclusively makes all these decisions <laughs> Martin so I, I, I've plenty of I, I, I've plenty of other voices and I've well, I, I, yeah, I maybe take more credit regularly than... <laughs> so um, so it's not certainly now and, and really where this practice goes from here is really going to be dependent on you know on, on, on the team as a whole and, and and not me i can sort of drive it and um sort of manage as best i can from a strategic point of view and that um so what's critical for us now and and, and as i say just before we started the uh, the recording the, the the hr side of it and finding experienced staff is is really where the challenge lies obviously when the you know in the barren years in ireland accountancy practices weren't recruiting and there was a skills you know a skills shortage has sort of lingered on from that lots of people emigrated and that and um as we as we were saying like a lot of accountants like seem to be 
offshoring and onshoring and all of this, which leads to a you know to to, to a lack of a lack of skilled um, people and talent on the market. And I suppose what we're what we're we're really big on here is really the client relationship side of it as well, and really getting to know our clients and and ensuring that I suppose people we put in front of clients, the clients are going to like them and be able to work with them for a start and sort of, I suppose, to, to create the personal touch, I suppose. I think that's crucial in, in, in our profession and particularly, like, we'd have a, a fairly, um, you know, a fairly large percentage of our fee income would be ongoing, recurring, repetitive work and all that. So I think the relationship side of it is crucial um, from that perspective. So we would very much recruit with that in mind. Okay. And to, to go back on again, we touched on earlier uh, before we spoke, uh, before we started recording back in 07, 08, when, when the crisis happened, again, as an, an outsider to Ireland, uh, it was very much uh, a place that had a, one of the probably worst impacts from that crash. You were uh, in younger years then, not that you're old now particularly, but uh, how, how's, how, I mean, how was that at the time? And then looking back now over 12 years, how the how the I suppose the government and the countries moved in the, in the direction. Yeah, so I suppose at the time it, it, it happened so quick, and um, in my career prior to that, like everything was just up and up and up for everybody. <laughs> so there was no no one took a backward step, and this just landed. And really, it was two things. It was obviously property based, and everybody that you know was just far too indebted um, and generally around property and the whole thing just stopped to a walk um, i was i suppose i i consider i consider it again to be quite lucky like that at the time i was probably i think i was 25 in 2000 and in 2007 when this started and i qualified accountant and i just passed my tax exams and been having the benefit, I suppose, of seeing how clients and, of course, you know, other, I suppose, business people that I would have been acquainted with, like, that got caught up in it all, like, how they had to, uh, I suppose, cope and deal with life and function and get on with things, you know, when they, they were so far underwater, seeing, I suppose, seeing that and living through that, I definitely feel I've taken great benefit out of that. Um, like there were there were extremely difficult times, but people just got on with it. And um, how some people sort of managed to get out of, I suppose, the, the, the mess they were in, like it was a credit to, you know, credit to them and it was real eye opening as well to see, like from a professional advisory perspective, they, um, you know, some of them, you know, I suppose the, the, the moves they would have made and the, the, tactic, the tactics they would have employed um, certainly would have been, better than any advice they would have gotten from a professional advisor. And so you, you, you live through all of that and see through that. And, 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 and that's, um, I don't think we'll ever see anything like that in Ireland again, and um, certainly not linked to, 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 to property and debt. Um, but obviously getting the, you know, ha- having the experience of it, um, you know, is, is, is definitely no doubt of, yeah, of benefit to us at this point. So as a whole, like Ireland has done, like I think it'd be generally well sort of considered Ireland has done very well, like in how, how, how things have rebounded. Um, maybe like we could have sort of not pulled the trigger as 
quickly as we did in terms of the moves we made, uh, you know, by setting up what we called NAMA, which was the National Asset Ma Management Agency, which bought all these bad loans from the banks and then subsequently sold on all the stock to the, the, to the big investment funds and vulture funds, as they're called. Um, and we probably, if, if we had a held uh, firmer a bit longer, it might have worked out. But at the time, um, as we as we were saying, hindsight uh, the hindsight is a great thing. Um, we people in charge had to make the calls at the at the time, and if they didn't make them, who knows? Maybe we wouldn't have you know we wouldn't have rebounded as quickly as we have. And mm -hmm. um, so all, all that now is fairly well behind us as well, and things have moved on a lot since then. And, and looking at the, that rebound, the, if you could pick out some sort of key things that that helped Ireland bounce back, would that have been government policy? Would that have been government support? for new business or business development what, what kind of springs to mind well i think you'd have to, I, I think you'd have to say that they, they, they would deserve quite a lot of credit for that like they um oh, obviously they attracted yeah. in they, they attracted in they attracted in the the overseas money and that got things moving again like on transactions and all of that and that kept you know professionals and all that in work but which generated sort of tax and that obviously they held firm on you know what is i suppose the um, you know, key to our um, foreign direct investment policy, like with the low tax rate and all that, and that held firm. And we continue to attract in big multinational players like that, um, you know, that create sort of mass employment here, very well-paying jobs and all of that. Um, at a, a, I suppose more down to our level, at the SME level, like they did bring in a number of initiatives and incentives like they give. Um, corporation tax breaks for people that set up new businesses and all of that they and um, get various employment grants and, and and the like so everything sort of helped with that and um, I suppose most of all though it's really I suppose the will and the, the the effort of the Irish entrepreneurial sort of community most Irish people would have some um, sort of entrepreneurial um, you know uh, mindset um, regardless of what their educational sort of background is and, and and that's what keeps the thing going as well so people just you know when people were left with no alternative if they lost work or were out of work or whatever and um, many of them reinvented themselves and set up little businesses of their own and all of that i mean we yeah as a human race we, we adapt quickly as, as covid would testify at this particular moment in time where businesses businesses are, are adapting so would it be right in saying at the moment you primarily not necessarily focused, but a lot of your business the business you do is with SMEs? Would that be a general? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so we, we we wouldn't do we we certainly don't have any PLC clients. We would do um, audits and accounts for subsidiaries of PLCs. Um, I, I suppose our largest clients would probably be what I don't know. Maybe they, they might turn over a hundred million and a couple of hundred staff sort of thing. And but but they would be privately owned, so we would only be dealing with probably two or three shareholders. There's no, um, you know, they wouldn't have a complicated or a you know a broad shareholding structure or anything like that. And um, so yeah, I suppose it, it it would be then your private client, SME clients, Irish indigenous businesses, and then obviously then the other side of it then is the international stuff. And it's probably, I'd, I'd say it's probably close to fifty fifty. Um, and when you're yeah. servicing them, what, what would you, that, that type of client base, what would you say is keys for that part of that relationship? Is that having that open, transparent, hands-on relationship with them? 
hands-on up front um, trying to give, um, I suppose, to try and get inside their heads and see how we can add value to their lives and to their businesses. Um, being proactive, being sharp, being on the ball, listening to them, um, not being afraid to talk to them on areas outside our, I suppose, what our core areas of expertise are. I, 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 like we would find, I suppose, quite a lot of clients would come to us with all sorts of, you know, all sorts of scenarios and all sorts of um, issues that's, that, that's relevant to them. And we, we would always sort of lend our ear and um, hear them out and anything that we can contribute or add to it to, to, to try and help them, we would. So we're very open and approachable like that. And that's the way we, um, you know, we encourage it with our staff. Um, as well, so it's it it, it, it it's it, it's quite loose, and, and we're certainly not rigid in, in in how we would, I suppose, manage our engagements um, with clients. And certainly, I suppose, from seeing what, in particular, our larger competitors, how they work and operate, we sort of differentiate ourselves, you know, you know, quite significantly from that. And of course, it's a selling point for us as well that we now think that we can offer the same, if not a better service than our larger competitors, but here's what we can do. We do all this other, all this other work and all this other, uh, I suppose, service levels and, and, and benefits that we can provide in that as well. And obviously we're talking here now on this and um, how we met was true, obviously through IR Global, yeah. the, the international network. And we're big into, I suppose you can never have as many friends in business. Someone said to me um, one time when I was starting out, I think that's very true. So we, we, we try to you know, expand our network, expand our reach, yeah. all with the benefit of being able to add something and bring something to our clients. Um, and I suppose something that we've been doing maybe in the last two years or so that we hadn't been doing much on up to that was really, I suppose, the deal-making side of things and, and being able to bring opportunities to clients and, you know, and, and, and or make them aware of, um, I suppose, potential ways that they could, you know, do something or other better that we've come across, you know, in the course of, you know, in the course of uh, meeting people like yourself through our international networks. Yeah, it's that, it's that like you say, the adding value, isn't it? And often just acting as a signpost, I guess, for clients. So like you say, they can bear their heart to you and you might be able to help them with five of the seven things and the other couple you can shove in and push them in the direction they need to be. So you become their, their go-to person, I guess. So you yeah, and I, I think it's doing that in such a way like where I suppose they're not fearful like of ringing you up and having a conversation and, you know, they can confide in you and you know that that, that 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 you're fair with them of course as well is the big thing and be fair in your you know with your fees and with your charges and all of that and um, I'd like to think we certainly are with that and that stands to us and, and with, with Ireland the the focus on I mean what types of businesses are uh, you know what what's it what's it kind of a hotbed for now is it tech software what's so they'd always say tech and software and obviously all the big american tech companies and that are here i suppose getting down to our level and it really could be like like i suppose we would see a lot of you know tech and software companies we deal with a lot of e-commerce businesses so people that are you know selling online and could be everything and anything, um, Amazon uh, agents and that sort of thing. Um, it's really a very much mixed bag. We'd see even service businesses that, that, that are setting up in Ireland that could be doing EU contracts or something like that. Obviously, we have the Brexit thing and we've huge potential there. And 
Um, it's been noticeable in the last, maybe, I don't know, maybe in the last month or so, we've had quite a few inquiries again from UK Brexit affected uh, businesses that want to set up an operation right. in Ireland. Um, th th that has been there and has been very, we've had a consistent flow of um, inquiries from those for, for, for you know from those types over the last 18 months or so and we're actively working well with quite a number of them who we've helped set up and establish and now providing all the ongoing compliance in that so um so i suppose that'll be a focus for us um over yeah. the over the next months now as that becomes more on the, the radar yeah okay and the the challenges of the ever-changing tax landscape uh generally anywhere in the globe how do you find that in ireland well it's it, it's obviously a challenge, but thus far it doesn't seem to have. Even though there's a lot of noise, and Ireland, I suppose, is getting a lot of um, well, probably not so not so favourable commentary, um, you know, from various quarters. It doesn't seem to have much of an impact from what we can see at at, at our level and all of that. Um, and I think again, there because we've been so consistent in our approach. In general, there's been a few inconsistencies as well, but in general, we've been very consistent, you know, with uh, obviously with our headline corporation tax rate, which is key to it all, really. And um, and I think once we hold that, we'll always be, you know, we'll always be an attractive option for any um, international business that's looking to set up a EU headquarters or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And uh, just, to, just to loop back, uh, just one final quick question around... You've obviously grown a business uh, a reasonable rate. You've obviously got standards and ethos that you want that, that are you that you're now building into this business. As you grow in numbers, you mentioned you're around 18 now, and there's a point where uh, not a message gets lost, but it's harder to continue to keep that ethos in the business. Is that something you're aware of and that you keep? Very much so, yeah. And, and I suppose that's where we're, you know, we have external support and, and assistance like with, you know, with all that like, and as we grow and um, as we come into our next phase, we have a very, I suppose, um, key period ahead of us because we do have fairly significant expansion plans now in the short term. As I say, we've actually got to the point where there's some work we're just not able to service, so we don't want to, we don't want that to be the case for too long. So we're, we're you know we, we we're in the process. We have a number of significant expansion plans, but obviously we're acutely aware that the bigger we grow, the harder it is, and and the more I suppose we have to be clear on, um, on on how what it is we actually do and how we do it and all of that. So we're um, we're nearly there with developing a full on. Um, much improved, I suppose, systems and procedures manual for all our people like to have and, mm. um, you know, to give to more importantly, you know, to, to, to new people coming into the, into the business and into the group, like to show them like about this is how we do it and all of that, like, so it's, it's documented, it's clear, it's easy to follow. And um, so we've invested quite a lot into that to get it to, to, to that point. So that's one of the things that we're doing there. Um, obviously, I'm kind of um, off the tools, as to say now, to, 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 to certainly a much greater extent than ever was the case before. So I'm not actively doing any, you know, any work or anything like that. Like so, internally, like we would have, um, we'd have obviously an accounting department, we've an audit department, we've a tax department, and then we'd have a bookkeeping, VAT, and payroll um, team as well that do all that ongoing work. So. Yeah. Um, we, we, we're, we're, we're trying, I suppose, to maybe departmentalize a little bit better than we have. 
We also have a separately branded um, company and corporation and corporate service business where I suppose, you know, we, 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 we get, um, you know, we get access and we get to yeah. inquiries from the international community. Yeah. Most of the, the, the work we do through that is for international um, clients. What's the name of that? Fusion. Okay. Fusion fine. Corporation and Fusion Formations. And, and to go back to the point you mentioned earlier there about, I suppose, turning away business again, that's, uh, I can use the word ballsy, because often, you know, again, in the, in the interest of growing business and expanding, you, you want to hold every inquiry, but you're comfortable enough in that service is so important and being able to deliver to the client that uh, if you don't feel you can do it and it's not the right time that you've, you've got the, and, and in the time of COVID where arguably instinct is take everything you can because you don't know what's down the road. It's uh, obviously there's, there's confidence in what you have there and, well, the, and the key that you don't underservice a client and therefore. So can't. that's one side of it. There's another side of it as well that you didn't pick up on there that, that, that I would be very much close to and I would have a, you know, a strong feeling for. And that's it. We don't want to put too much pressure on our team either. And it, the easy thing to do would be to take it. And um, obviously the work has to be done. The, the team here were because of obviously the COVID position and that like we've an extremely busy um, last three months of the year. Thankfully, we've had um, time extensions from the revenue commissioners and from our company's office here with filings. But of course, the work still has to be done. So we're going to be extremely busy anyway. And I, I, I just didn't want the, um, the, the, the pressure put on the team just at this moment in time with it. And, and you tend to find when you do these things, they'll come around again and hopefully we'll just be that bit better positioned um, you know, in a couple of months' time, when we, um, you know, when we're that bit further on with our expansion and all of that. Yeah, no, very interesting, very interesting. So, if uh, listeners would like to uh, reach out to you, LinkedIn, a good starting place. Yeah, so we're we're on LinkedIn, and we're we're, we're um, active on all the social media channels, and so they've Twitter going, Facebook. Um, we obviously get quite a um, quite a lot of interest through our website. We have a live chat on our website as well. So, um, if anyone had questions, we get um, we, you know we've throughout the day we've um, inquiries coming in from um, from all sorts and all places. And so we're um, very accessible and um, always happy to hear and to help out if we can. Great. We'll add in the show notes, we'll add some links to those various social media channels, link, and, and if you've got no objection, your direct LinkedIn profile, and obviously people want to reach out, have an interest. That'd be great, yeah, yeah. Things in Ireland to, to get in touch with you, or company formations to, to reach out to yourself. That'd be great, yeah. Thanks for joining us today, Damien. It's been very informative, very interesting, and I appreciate your time. Thank you, Martin. And listen, thanks again. You, 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 uh, Perigene very kindly invited me to the Island Man. Was it last summer or the summer before for the oh, TT? Yeah. Unfortunately, I couldn't make it, but hopefully when COVID clears, we'll be able to go again sometime and then yeah. um, look forward to, 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 to seeing you then. Pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for listening, everyone.